Everybody remembers taking music classes as a kid. Most people I know hated it, but there were some who actually loved it and ended up pursuing it as a career. This week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Alex Tolley, a music teacher at Boston Higashi School and bassist for indie rock band Three Mandarines. We discuss his musical background, educational inspirations, what he teaches his students, and why he believes it is so important for them. Welcome, Alex. Thank you for being here. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So I want to jump right in and talk about your musical education background. So when did you start learning music in school? Um, so I went to, uh, so I grew up in Taunton, Massachusetts, and there was like a music store in the middle of town mm-hmm. that had a guy named Chip who played guitar. And then he stopped working there and I started going to his house and taking guitar lessons. But it was more like hey, I found this musical object in the wild. I don't know what it is. Can you tell me what this is? You know, so I feel like it has a lot more to do with like not just playing the instrument, but like how that thing interacts with the rest of like the larger musical picture that's going on, like how to organize a pedal board or how to restring your guitar. Like, so when did that all like start for you? How old were you when you were uh, getting interested in all these eighth things? grade? So, OK, so yeah. it wasn't you weren't like a child. No. no. Yeah. So, no. So when did you were you taking music classes in school? At the time, or um, did you not? If I remember taking uh, music classes in like elementary school, but n- my middle school and high school like had no music program. Really? There wasn't anyone that was like actually a musician trying to teach classes like that. Like all that stuff just got cut. So my exposure really? to um, music has a lot to do with hanging out with some older people <laughs> that came from California and they're yeah. just kind of telling stories and giving lessons. Um, and like the DIY scene, like, that's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, so, so you instead, so you have a different experience than what most people I've met where you found somebody at a music store and was like, can you teach me what you know? Because nobody else will do this in my area. Like, please help me. And you must've learned a lot. What did you start out with when you first started learning, like as your first instrument? Um, I got a knockoff Stratocaster from one of my uncles. Yeah. Like the and, Squire. Yep. Yeah. The Squire Strat. You, Picked up everything in eighth grade. You're going through life. You didn't really have a lot of music programs in school. When did you make up your mind and decide that you didn't want to just pursue music as a hobby, but you wanted to do it as a career? I found out that you could go to college for it at the end of my junior year of high school. And then uh, Chip and Claudia, who were the two people that taught me how to play guitar and how to sing, effectively got me far enough into sight reading where I could apply to colleges. I just like, I didn't really know that you could go to school for it or there were programs. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm relatively sheltered when it comes to like, at least my upbringing with music. Yeah. So I I would agree a little bit in that. (laughs) Like I I myself, like my schools had music programs. We had a recorder section in our like elementary (laughs) school and then we had music throughout middle school and high school. Um, But I don't hear a lot of stories of kids who didn't really get that musical experience and had to go elsewhere for it. Um, so you mentioned, uh, Chip and Claudia being important for your musical journey. So they taught you how to sing and play instruments when you were going into college, how much did they help when it came to applying to the schools and going through the college process? And did they help you find where you wanted to go? Um, it was mostly, uh, 
I have to thank my parents for that one. My mom was a huge mover. I'm like <laughs> getting me into college. It was mostly like um, going to the schools, talking to teachers and being like, all right, what are they going to ask me in the audition? What do I actually need to know? Mm. And then taking kind of all of those from like UMass Lowell, Berkeley, UMass Amherst, um, Westfield, and kind of just like making a list of like, all right, these are things I need to understand. Mm -hmm. And then bringing that to the music teachers, like, like an intro into solfege, like giving pitches names or like knowing what a vamp is. I, mm -hmm. you know, I, like, I, knew, I don't know what any, what you just said was. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just stuff on like how to, how to deal with like a theory class, you okay. know, but yeah. like they, they showed me all of that. Okay. So they, they showed you a lot of music theory and a lot of like an, uh, more advanced uh, musical knowledge, you'd say? Yeah, because they went to school, so like they know what you needed to get to into school. Mm -hmm. So what made you decide on Westfield in particular? Was it the music program? Um, it was my teacher, Jason Schwartz. Really? I started playing double bass my sophomore year, and then that became like my direct obsession. It's mm -hmm. my it's the instrument that feels the best when I play, mm -hmm. but, um, well, uh, to, for people who don't know a double bass is the stand up bass, but you're also six, seven. So that must be very comfortable <laughs> for you to play because you can adjust the height of it and you don't have to slouch or really like do anything. You can yeah. just comfortably stand. So that must be good for you. Most of the times if I'm holding an electric bass, it feels like a little kid's toy. So like <laughs> having something that's kind of more size appropriate is nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That's good to hear. So, um, when did you make the decision to become a music teacher? Was that a choice that you made in college? Was that something that you thought about prior um, to going to school or? So I, when I was at Westfield state, I did jazz studies and, um, actually hold on circling back to Jason for a moment. The thing that made me go to Westfield mm -hmm. was that I had someone who was that strong in their sense of music, like being able to hear something, sense of rhythm, pick up in time. Mm -hmm. And having that guy's undivided attention for like four years was like the best thing ever. Like that mm -hmm. was such a worthy trade-off of like not really meeting a lot of people mm -hmm. was I could text and call my teacher and just be like, hey, I don't understand. Like my double bass just imploded. Like how do I <laughs> reassemble this? Or how do I go bring it to someone? Like having someone like that, that kind of understood that I was about to leave college and go mm. into the world and sort of what skills you need to know. Yeah. But, so the, the relationship that you had with your teacher was a lot more personal than what most students would have at different universities. Like you were, you were able to reach out, get help that you needed whenever you wanted. That's yeah, very unheard of, especially, um, in the bigger schools. But since you went to a reasonably smaller school, I feel like that benefit really pushed you to improve everything and really try. So was he an inspiration for you to become a teacher? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think uh, music and education walk hand in hand. Like mm -hmm. if you figured out how to do something by yourself, there is a chance that someone else who was also 13, like ran into the same problem you did and then didn't know how to deal with it. And then mm -hmm. they're just stuck. And it's something that like, you know, I'm 24. Like I know how to do that. So mm -hmm. if you can like show them and open up that door so they can get a little bit further, like, the whole idea of like gatekeeping information is really whack. And yeah. especially like the way the internet is now, like it's all accessible, but it's really hard to filter through. Like there's so much information, but like what actually pertains to like an individual is mm -hmm. kind of different. So I feel like having that one-on-one -on -one time with a person, like they can really help you with your personal issue. And find what you need to know for yourself. Yeah. That's really, that's awesome. So you, I hope that you do, but do you enjoy teaching? Oh, I love teaching. Yeah. I, what can I say? Can I swear on here? Yeah. I fucking love my job. <laughs> I fucking love my job. I don't know many people who 
are in my age range that actually like their job as much as I do. (laughs) I definitely like, it's a great time. No, I love that. I don't really hear a lot of teachers. Like uh, a lot of the teachers that I know, they teach just elementary school and they deal with a lot of kids, third grade, fourth grade. So I want, so where do you teach? I need to know. Okay. So I work at this uh, place called the Boston Higashi school, Boston Higashi school. You tell me uh, what exactly do they offer? What do they do? And what do you do? So, um, I don't know how much of the school, like history wise, I can speak on behalf of, but there's like, uh, they have schools in Japan Mm -hmm. and then this is the school that is in the United States. And the kids that I work with specifically are in the residence program. So they live there 365 days a year. Uh, the students that go to the school have autism. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's very like depending on each individual kid, like it's Mm -hmm. very varied on like, uh, where they're at with skills, but there's a lot of kids who had have parents that bought them instruments prior to them coming to the school. And then mm-hmm. there's kids that are at that school that never really got that opportunity and love music. Mm-hmm. So and they're given the opportunity. At the yeah. School. And that's what I do. Like I'm effectively that guy chip. Like I, uh-huh. instead of me going to me driving to his house, like I'm going to their dorms yeah. and bringing instruments and going like, Hey man, like that's awesome. This is I what a keyboard that. is, you know? <laughs> yeah. So is there a specific age group that you work with or is it a ton of different kids? It's pretty, uh, so like eight to 21. Oh yeah. Wow. Every day is a different age group. Okay. Which is, so it's, it's very vast and different. So yep. every day of the week I have a different group of kids. I nice. see everybody one time a week. Um, and then kids that are, you know, really good at instruments, I can do private lessons with them and that's a whole nother can of worms. That's so much fun. Yeah. So how important do you think it is that, um, your students are learning music? I believe that it's a really good combination of like fine motor skills, like the whole idea of like rhythmic precision applies to so many other things that you're dealing with that go on, even like understanding how to hold a fork. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of stuff that having those details of like holding a stick right and making sure your wrist isn't too much and like Mm -hmm. kind of trusting and rebound, like that whole idea, like a lot of those transfer, they, um, what's the word? Generalize. Mm -hmm. Like they, they apply to everything else. Mm Mm-hmm. So are there benefits that you see in your students when they're practicing or is it little things here and there or? Um, I think it's a good, it's a good mix of like, you've seen me perform like that type of energy Mm -hmm. I bring to my classroom. (laughs) Like it's supposed to be that much fun. Like, so you just bring 110% to your class. If you're really high octane and you're into it, then the kids see you and they're like, okay, this is cool. This guy's into it. And then they see like the staff that are with them also having fun. And they're just like, oh, no one's making sure I'm doing things the right way or the wrong way. Like we're having fun right now. And that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. So then like later on in the week, like they're doing something different with like, uh, you know, SLP or like speech therapists and they're Mm -hmm. like working with the kids and like you go and visit them Mm -hmm. and you're like, Hey man, like we're working on cutting paper today. And he's just like, well, you're the guy that went crazy earlier this week. We were wailing on drums and screaming. So like, I'll do something for you. Cause I like you. Like, yeah, I'll lean into it. It'll be fun. Yeah. You know? It's like you show your face and they go, ah, oh, you're cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think another part of that too also comes from like, we just got out of school. Like I know what it's like to be a student. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's really scary to have people around that don't remember what it was like to be a kid. (laughs) So are you one of the younger teachers that works at the school? So you can have that relationship a little bit more because there's not that much of an age gap. Exactly. Yeah. Like a lot of the the guys that are like 20 and 21, like that's no different from going to like a party and talking to people. Like it's, it's, they're, they're basically 
around they're around the same age of all yeah like we would have been in college together yeah you know exactly and it's like you'd see them at a party and just chat be like hey Mm -hmm. (laughs) i like you so uh what are the ways that you think music and teaching music can help with the focus and the development of children who may have difficulty with those things Mm -hmm. i think that uh for one for starters like music is such a wildly relaxing thing like even if you're like really upset and you can kind of like put that energy in like music has this beautiful uh aspect of distraction like if you're dealing with something and you're really overwhelmed with what's going on and you can like shut all that off and kind of focus in on music where you're like oh i kind of got to hold my hands the right way to make sure that it's like fast enough or like i don't want to play too loud like once you're sort of like taking your mind out of whatever is causing panic or anxiety and kind Mm -hmm. of going into this new place where it's like all is what it is about right now is like feeling good and making things sound good around you is a really good kind of like uh coping mechanism it's my strongest coping mechanism (laughs) i can agree with that it's one of those things that you can just um get your focus in on and kind of separate yourself from the outside world just for that little little bit of time where you can just feel like you're part of something that's more than just yourself a little bit you know i think that's really a fantastic benefit that music offers for a lot of people so how would families that think music would benefit their child sign up for your class or classes like it how would they go about doing that do you know um i know that there's like a uh, a process to get into boston higashi there's like a like a screening process mm-hmm. and then if they live in residence then you get me yeah <laughs> that's kind of i'm not sure how too much of the other stuff works i've been here for coming up on three years and a lot of like my strategy has to do with like heart to heart learning. Mm-hmm. So I put a lot of effort in and I try really hard yeah. and the kids see that and go like, Oh, that's how you're supposed to be when you're in music class. And mm-hmm. you're supposed to be like having a good time. Like it's more about like having that positivity. So if you do have that like release and you feel better, like mm-hmm. you can go deal with, it makes it a lot easier to go do something you don't want to do. Yeah. If you just like got to play music and you're like, oh, all right, that was really fun. Like I can, I'm okay with doing something that sucks now. Yeah. It's like, this is, this is okay. I guess now I can deal with it. So you mentioned earlier how difficult it was with the pandemic and everything. So in your modern day, we were talking earlier today about a story that happened to you literally today. So how has uh, the pandemic affected everything with your teaching? Can you tell the story of what you were talking about today? Yeah. Like- um, so kids who have special needs, like there's there's a bunch of factors that go into it. But like wearing a mask is a really good example. Like you can't anticipate all of these kids are going to wear masks all the time. Like that's totally unrealistic. So it does spread. Like, it's not that like it doesn't spread. So that's tough. So there's like kind of weekly PCR tests that really go a long way. Mm -hmm. And then one of the other workarounds I found is being outside. If you can have the firepower, like if you have the speakers that you can be loud enough outside, space people out, like you're at, you ever been to the Xfinity Center in Mansfield? Yeah, all the time. The lawn seats. Oh. Picture like the lawn seats. Yeah. Like you need that type of like Xfinity <laughs> like yeah. speakers to reach out to people like that. But that yeah. means everyone can be outside together. Mm-hmm. And if you see like, I don't know, if you're in a group where it's like four kids and like two of the kids really like music and two of the kids are not about having class today, like it's risky. It's hard to have that. But if you have like, you know, 16 kids Mm -hmm. and, you know, 
10 of them are having a really great time. Those other kids are like, oh, this is supposed to be fun. This mm-hmm. is supposed to be actually enjoying myself. And like the adults go a long way for that too. Like mm-hmm. I do a lot of like one-on-one lessons with like students who grew up with instruments. Mm-hmm. So they have that already experience. Yeah. But I feel like I'm in a room like not conducting, but like directing what's going on. And uh, a lot of the like actual kind of fun heart to heart part of it has a lot more to do with the staff that is working with the kid that's like with them, you mm-hmm. know, most of the day. And uh, like if everybody's having fun, that builds this level of like trust, like that whole bond means yeah. these kids are way more willing to work with you because you showed them like, oh, like I'm a human being that yeah. also enjoys things, you know? Yeah. Showing them the, that you can relate with each other and that they can also do the things that you're doing. Yeah. And like, it's not like I've never used my dad voice at work. Like sometimes <laughs> yeah. you have to be like that, but I feel like I, yeah, a little stern. I lean, I definitely lean more into the friend route when it benefits, you know? Yeah. Cause you, you don't want to come off too, too stern, especially if you just want them to learn. Cause you just want what's best for them. Especially if you're also not their parent. So exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> like there's a, there's, there's a line you have to walk there between mm-hmm. like knowing what's best for the scenario. And mm-hmm. then like, this is my limit of like what I'm supposed to be talking about with you. Like, yeah. Kinda. Yeah. I totally understand that. So to shift topics a little bit, mm-hmm. um, I know you're in a band outside of this, but I want to talk about the teaching in relationship to that. Sure. How important is the teaching to you in separation from the band? Like how much does it mean the teaching? What do you get out of the teaching? Um, what's the feeling that you get out of from teaching in relationship to getting out of performing with your band? It is. Cause I know it's very different. There's a, it, it's kind of a funny balance. I think the thing that I like the most is having time with like in the residence program, like I'm the only music teacher there. Like there mm-hmm. isn't a bunch of other music teachers that like I can go get help from or like I don't play piano, but I still hang out with kids that play piano. Mm-hmm. Um, having that time the concept of like nonverbal communication, like looking at someone and playing is probably the most meaningful thing to me. Like I, I like playing shows, but I, it makes no difference to me if it's like me and you in a room jamming versus like playing in front of people. Like the whole idea of like nonverbal connection through music is huge for me. I, that's how I get my rocks off. It's fun. Like it's good music. So you find a nice balance between the two where you can still get that. uh, Yeah. That, nonverbal communication just the feeling through the sound yeah when you're looking at each other and it's like this is what pocket feels like this is what grooving is yeah, like that's great that's really cool so do you get excited when you're teaching a student and they finally figure something out do, do you have to deal with that a lot yeah like, like, i i actually i uh we were doing a song in class mm-hmm. and then it ended like the song ended and i just like ran up to a kid and i was like you can keep time like <laughs> this is so amazing you know what I mean? Cause like you're hearing it in class where it's like everybody's playing in four and then you hear these like dotted quarters like that are just not lining up with anything, but it's so consistent. Mm-hmm. And then the song switches and then they're there and they're in that moment. They're in the eye of the storm of the music. And it's yeah. like, fuck yeah. Like <laughs> I did something right today. Like there you go. These so, kids can keep time. Like that's so nice. So you get that amazing feeling. It's like when you see what you're doing works <laughs> for the student, it's like, Yeah. yeah. And I feel like three mandarins is kind of the extreme of that is like, how weird can you get with precision and rhythms? Mm -hmm. So like kind of that same, I feel like that, uh, gratification is the same. 
Mm-hmm. Like the idea of like either playing something like really wacky out there with Campbell that is kind of just weird where you're like yeah. shoehorning these details in and like you're doing that same concept, but for someone that did not grow up around music. Mm-hmm. So like kind of being able to give them that and then see the progress is really cool. Yeah, no, that's really. So with some of these kids, I assume you've since you've worked at the school for three years, have you known some of them for a long period of time? Yeah. Um, the So when I got there they dropped me in a classroom and they were just like, you can like absorb what these other teachers are doing and mm-hmm. see how they interact with the kids. And then when I started teaching classes, those were the kids that I was practicing with was, was the ones that the guy that trained me who he had. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm still super close with all those kids. Nice. So uh, you, you still have that relationship. Yeah. That. Yeah. Anybody that's had classes with me, I feel like gets what my, my vibe is like, they definitely get like, all right, this guy's just sort of here to have fun. Nice. So you've seen the improvement in their musical performance. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to like have a kid who is not really interested in listening to music outside of like class, Mm -hmm. being able to nail weird drum parts. Yeah. That's like super gratifying to see kids who are like never really been exposed to that. And then like listening to music that they like and being able to like kind of tap along and yeah. you know, they're happy cause they got something from it. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's such a great thing to hear. So do you wish there was more investments in schools, like with music? Like, do you wish they invested more in music programs and schooling throughout the country? And do you wish that was something that was offered more for certain students in certain areas? Do you think that all of those things would really benefit kids and different areas yeah definitely i mean like i was lucky enough to have someone like chip in my life i know a ton of people who didn't mm-hmm. go to any schools with music programs and like were informed by the internet and that's like one way to do it like that's mm-hmm. definitely it's there's nothing wrong with that i use youtube all the time to figure out stuff i use youtube in my lessons you know? uh, yeah i do as well. i use it for myself all the time it's so helpful but like having having someone who has actually done all of it and going like hey uh, this specific scenario you're working with, I've been here before. Mm-hmm. This is how I've done it. You yeah. know, that type of like in-person thing, like is huge. I have never like, I'm a part of the generation that got dipped from music. Like yeah. the, it's really fucked up that, you know, art isn't more supported, especially because how I'm seeing it now where it's like that type of reflexes, mm-hmm. like the kind of, instantaneous being able to throw something and see where it landed you know that stuff helps helps in everyday life it Mm -hmm. helps with everything else like and kind of having that sense of structure too is is really big i feel like structure is probably the biggest part of like what makes hagashi so awesome is like you move from a grade up to the next grade and Mm -hmm. everybody's been training the same way like you have an idea on how the schedule goes so when you like switch to a different person that's kind of telling you what to do like same schedule yeah they're still being consistent and that consistent new person that's the only it's just not it's just a subtle change so it doesn't uh i would say overwhelm exactly yeah so do you think that schools with special needs programs would benefit from incorporating music classes in those programs yeah 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 you think because i'm in my elementary school and other schools, we had the music programs, but I don't know if they incorporated music uh, in the special needs programs that we offered at school. And it didn't really make sense to me why they didn't. I thought it would have been such a, like a really good thing to have. I was like, why is, why don't they get to yeah. do these things? Like I, I enjoy doing this. I feel like they would just as much enjoy what I'm doing. So it's good to hear that you think that other schools would benefit from these types of programs. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to say to people who aren't sure if they should put their child in music classes? Any advice to give? 
you got to find a way to like, they're called like instrument parties. I remember uh, there's this place called the Music Loft in Bridgewater. Mm -hmm. And this uh, woman is actually also a Westfield alum. And like take the whole studio, empty everything out. And each room has a different instrument family. And just Mm -hmm. anybody who is a teacher there that owns one of those instruments goes in there. And you kind of just like, it's almost like a science fair Mm -hmm. where it's like, you kind of like let the kids wander around and go like, oh, what is this? Like Mm -hmm. banjo looks sick. I've never seen that before. Or like, I'm a drummer. Like, I just want to go, you know? Yeah. So like having the opportunity to see a bunch of different instruments. And then if a kid gravitates towards it, like, that's really nice. Like, obviously, like not a lot of people have that type of opportunity, but like, if everybody could have like a music party, maybe like once or twice a year and just have everybody kind of figure out something that's cool, you know? And another massive one too, like we've just been talking about regular instruments, like electronic stuff, like being able to press buttons and turn knobs and completely change the texture of something Mm -hmm. makes way more sense. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier to like sit down with a kid and be like, okay, this makes the wobble, you know, or like, this is like kind of, if you press this button, it changes the distortion. Yeah. Like like the synthesizer right here, like everything on here, I can show you how to make this sound. Exactly. Yeah. And like any type of like music technology stuff that like plugs into the computer and you can press a button and it changes on there. Like the the physical element really helps. Yeah. Having something that you can hold on to and just like let it change. Yeah. View the visual and physical. So are there any inspirations or stories of students that you'd be willing to share that you can think of off the top of your head? And no pressure. If you can't think of anything, that's totally fine. Um, but just curious to see if there's anything yeah, that you can think I of. I have a lot of really great students who um, are very much like my way or the highway with the music taste. <laughs> Like it's, I, I was, I was that way for you know? a very Yeah. Long time. Yeah. I remember I, I was, was like stubborn. I was a punk purist all the way through high school. Like I was literally like anything that's not black flag is trash. Like I was just like that and I don't know <laughs> yeah, why. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, like having kids that are like that and going, Oh, but wait a minute. Like, what if we listen to this and like putting on something like the OCs that's mm. like, so totally out or like, music from video games where it's like the melodies are really catchy and it loops forever. So Mm. it's not like that type of like verse chorus. Just like the background. Pop music. Yeah. 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 Like there's a lot of different kind of approaches to it. So like kind of hitting and missing different styles of music and then finding something with a particular kid that's just like, Oh, video game music's really cool. Or like, Oh, like I listen to the beach boys all the time and I just found out who David Bowie was. And I think David Bowie's sick. Like having that type of like, having had listened to enough music where I can help other people that don't really have a full mm-hmm. view on like what is out there. And I still don't, I, <laughs> when we were here last time, like Campbell, Ellie and I form like a megazord of knowledge. Like we kind yeah. of fill in each other's gaps. Yeah, like, I agree. You all have like, you you know, like the weird little bits that you like within each other be like, Oh, I know, but I know this thing. It's like, Oh, but this thing it's like, yeah, I see it. I can see it. It's great. Um, that connection that you guys have is really interesting and great that you share that. But it's really wonderful that you work with your students at um, the Boston Higashi School. And uh, I'm really happy that you're here. And I'm really happy to hear that you wish more people invested in uh, the music programs at school. And I'm very thankful that you're here, Alex. And I'm very excited to see what you do next in teaching and in music. So thank you for being here. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much.